welcome to another SLTV Wrestling Roundtable. Today it's a very special SLTV Wrestling Roundtable. Um, we're going to talk about the untimely passing of Bray Wyatt. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a celebration, a little bit of a look back, a little bit of everything. Our thoughts on the whole situation, kind of everything, and yeah, just to mainly, I think, just to talk it out for the three of us. I think that's kind of more what it's about to be, because it's kind of a bit, a bit harder than normal. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to kind of put into words, but we're gonna give it a go and see what happens. So hopefully, it won't be a super somber episode. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm gonna throw it round the table and we'll get into it. Uh, Adam, you okay? Yeah, just a shock one, really, this morning. Um, I, I, I woke up basically because of the stream of messages that were in the the chat that we've got with Alan and Mike. Um. And when I saw, like, again, probably still through tired eyes, seeing Triple H's tweet and just assuming or thinking that it was going to be about a, a, an older family member of IRS, you know, Blackjack Morgan or, you know, that, that sort of family. Um, and then when I read Wyndham Rotunda, I thought, no. And then you then sort of see the stream of what everyone else has put on and, it's just, you know, we, we, we're going to, you don't want to keep using hyperbole and stuff like this, but it's just 36. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's shocking. And then one of the first things that we said when we got on this call was that, like, it evokes Eddie, it evokes Brody, you know, this sort of, this idea of them being an active ro- member of the roster, what that means. I got a text from Claire at work whose son is really into wrestling and like I've had chats with him and stuff like that. And he loves Bray. He loves the fiend. Um, and Claire straight away was just like, is this actually true? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, we're recording this the day of, we're recording this on a Friday. None of us have seen SmackDown. Um, the, the assumption, and I'm going to say as well, the, the hope is that it's going to be a tribute episode. Um, I don't. I don't want it to just be a graphic. I don't want it just to be a ten bell salute. I think we are again in this sort of rarefied era of when Eddie died because they had a double taping straight afterwards. It was two episodes. It was Raw and SmackDown that were then tribute shows. When Benoit died before they found everything out, it was an empty arena tribute show. You know, but then Brody had. The episode on AEW, you know, it's like we we were kind of saying, like Terry. Obviously, this week as well, Terry Funk's passed away, but the the difference there is that you know an older, sort of retired, semi-retired wrestler seems to not have the same hit or the same punch as a active member of the roster passing away. Yeah, um, Callum. Yeah, it's just one that hit really hard when I read it last night. Um, yeah, I sort of look, looked at my phone before heading to bed and saw the headline of Bray Wyatt passes away. And in my head, I was like, please let this be a hoax. And then I sort of scrolled up 
and then saw Triple H's t uh, tweet or post, and I, I just thought numb. And I'm not sure whether I've ever felt like this in with, with a passing of a wrestler. Um, when Brody died, it was a case where, similar to you, Adam, with, with Bray, where I sort of read it the following morning. And I felt I was sort of following this situation as live as it possibly could be. And I was just seeing everyone's reactions and the outpouring of, of love that, that Bray was getting. And it just, it still doesn't feel real. And, you know, waking up this morning and, you know, mentioning to family and both me and my brother said that we couldn't believe that he was just 36 because he's played such a huge part of of our fandom and watching wrestling that, you know, he started as the Wyatt family when he was 24, 25, which is my age now. And that just feels so, so spooky that this is a guy who sort of grew up in the business. And, you know, as fans, we've grown up with him, watching him and, and supporting him. So it just feels so, so strange that we're not going to see him anymore because he's just been such a, a fixture of, of WWE for, you know, really all of his life as well. Yeah. Um, it's not, but yeah, it's, it's, as I said before, when we started this, it's kind of like, it's hard to put into words. Um, like, the, sort of like the loss, because it's, it's a weird one that it's, you just kind of, or I do anyway, it kind of feel like, guilty for being so sad because it's somebody I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a weird kind of like thing to explain. And I think if you don't understand that, then it's just like what why are you so it's just a just a character on telly like it's but you so like I said to you before we came on a podcast, it's like Ray more than anybody was so ingrained in like the way it did things and like like just yeah like I I mentioned countless times that he was Bray Wyatt was a spirit animal like he's just like yeah it's so it's so hard I grew my beard because of Bray Wyatt I, I, grew, I grew a nearly 14 centimetre beard because I was like that's a cool look and I want it so I was like obsessed with his beard, like even stupid things like that. Where it's like, I, yeah, it's, it's mad. It's mad to think that he's just, I know he's been off TV, but it's mad to think that he's not coming back, like in whatever form it is that he wants to come back in. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah, it's hard to sort of get your head around it and I think it's it'll get easier it's just I think it's still really raw and as I say like if, if I'm not telling you how much I love Bray Wyatt I'm telling you how much I love Triple H and to read Triple H's tweet I was just like I was like a punch in the gut man like it was just heavy and then you think of the other side of it where it's like he's leaving two young kids and Jojo, who's, who's younger than he is, do you know what I mean? Um, I think his kids were four and five. Like, 
I've got a five-year-old. I don't even know how you could explain to a five-year-old that the dad doesn't come home. Do you know what I mean? Like, take out the the visionary that he was or the the creative genius, if you like, of what he did and to, like, push the envelope of wrestling and, like, do things that nobody else had done and do things differently and it'd be all about the creativity of what he did. Take all that out of it. It's a dad. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not, it's not nice to know that somebody my age has died of a heart attack like that. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna sorry. So um, to play, obviously, to his adult originally that um, he's come off the phone and he's been told that um. Like Ray Wyatt's dad and that, but um, Sean Rossap from Fightful um, tweeted or X or whatever you want to call it, um, saying that he'd been given permission to reveal that earlier this year, um, he got COVID and that um, exasperated the heart issue, which there was reports last week, I think, or maybe the week before, that said um, he's been out of action because of a a career and life-threatening thing because if you remember it was never really like he's broke this or he's tore this or he's he just kind of disappeared um which you would assume that he's that's what it is he's tested positive for COVID so they took him off TV but the way in which it worked or it affected them or whatever whatever the I don't know the medical term is. Um, it's obviously caused a, a previous heart issue to to re happen. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then um, basically because of his heart, he's um suffered a heart attack, and that's how he's passed away. Because I I know that he's like from reading about him and stuff like that. I I know that he's like. He's had like kind of issues, like mental issues and stuff like that. And that was the first thing I thought. I was kind of like, I hope he hasn't done it himself. Like, that was me. And, and I felt bad for thinking that. But you hear about it so often these days that it's kind of like, it's hard not to. But when somebody that young dies, it's hard not to be like, okay, well, did they do it themselves? Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it, it was Amy's first reaction. Yeah, it's not a nice thing, but it's yeah, that was that was what I originally thought. It was only after time that I, I kind of realized what's happened, which I don't know, it's not it's not any it's not any better or any worse. Like it's just a circumstance of what's happened, I suppose. Um mm. but yeah, it's it's super shocking. Like I'm I'm very very seldomly lost for words, and I'm sitting on a podcast and I don't know what to say. So mm. that's probably this probably isn't the best place to be sitting, but it's nice to talk about them and all that stuff. Um, we we did mention about uh, wanting to mention some of his like career highlights and some of our favorite bits, and as we said, have to stop. This is a a celebration of sorts to be like, let's just remember the dude, let's remember Bray Wyatt, let's even remember Husky Harris if you want to. You know yeah. I 
Um, he must have been about. He must have been about twenty when he was. Would have been like two thousand and ten, wouldn't it? Late two thousand twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. Like that is early on. Yeah. Like that's madness. Strange, I'd almost forgotten about that until this morning, because I I just remember Brahepa being Bray, Mm. and then sort of watching all the tribute videos, I was like, oh yeah, he was Husky Harris, wasn't he? And he came up with Michael McGillicuddy, and yeah, that just feels so strange to think that they were exactly the same person. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. It's like you must. It's it's a weird one because when you think about it, think about Husky Harris, and like. He must have felt being the Husky Harris character. He must have felt so like like trapped in that idea of the pro wrestler. And he must have had all the imagine the ideas he must be having about himself when he's that young and he's like it's fair to say that he was like pretty fearless with what he wanted to do and the way he wanted to do it. Um so imagine being a Husky Harris type character where You've just got trunks on, and you you're just wrestling, and he's not on. Re- there's no like substance to the character if you like, and sitting there having all these ideas about Bray Wyatt and the Fiend, and like obviously he's had help along the way because uh, Dusty was the one who is like credited for creating Bray. I think but, so. It was it was that sort of early black and gold NXT, weren't yeah. it? Where he'd, he'd called upon. Like Will and Mercy, and uh, it, I think he, at one point he mentioned about True Detective being an inspiration as well. The sort of first season of that, and he, the other sort of to me, it's like it's like Everglades, New Orleans type, him being the Swamp King as what people kind of referred to him as, you know. Um, and I think as with a lot of NXT guys, did he start to lose his way on the main roster? Yeah, but. You you put a ceiling on it, or you put like you bring too much supernatural stuff into it, and it becomes a little bit of a thing. And um, the sort of the reincarnation of him with the fiend again, I think they just did too much too soon with the fiend. Um, made some very questionable booking decisions. Um, but then I think the sort of his comeback last year and what what we thought we were going to get in with like the Wyatt Six and stuff you know there's the, there was so much so much creativity that was just untapped at that point and it was almost like they were allowing him to do the stuff that he wanted to do and they were trusting him in his own creative decisions but then at the same time they were hesitant to allow him to do it 100% yeah. so it felt like it was almost restrained too much but at the same time, showing off little bits of what he was actually capable of. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's kind of one of that. I think that's just wrestling's kind of problem in general, that if you do something at a high level, you've got to deliver over and over again. That's kind of the annoying thing. You can't just leave it. You've got to, like, work it till it's dead. Like, that's that's the only... That's the thing I dislike most about wrestling, is that it's like you can't have a moment in time and be like, that was amazing, let's do something different. It's always, how can we top it? How can we do this? How can we do that? Do you know what I mean? And I think Bray Wyatt and The Fiend especially was definitely a victim of that. Like, he should never have been world champ because 
the character never needed to be world champ, first of all, but then never, like, the way he lost was just like, it was an afterthought. Do you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't a proper, like, path that they were going down. I think they were just booking it on the fly because he got over so much that it's like, oh, we're going to have to put the belt on him. So let's do that. And I don't think it's, I don't think it took away like too much. I think it would just, they needed, I said this loads of times when I was watching The Fiend and even watching Bray is that they needed to treat him like Undertaker in the 90s. Like he needed to be protected, but need to be shown as he doesn't need the title to be a marquee match. And I think that's, that's where he should have sat to be like facing Bray or facing the Fiend is a thing. Yeah. In it on its own. Do you know what I mean? Um but yeah, I think yeah, definitely the Fiend, I know that much, is a victim of that. Let's do it again and again. Like it's like Mick Foley jumping off the cell. What can we do next? What can we do bigger? Do you know what I mean? It's that kind yeah. it's that type of idea where nothing's ever good enough. And I think that's what a wrestling fan has bought into to be like, oh my God, well, he did this last time, so what are they going to do now? Do you know what I mean? So, mm. um, yeah, it, it, it's one of the, like, I loved The Fiend. absolutely loved The Fiend. And I think, calling our senior, a lot of people lost a lot of love for him when they had that Hell in a Cell match. I think that was the turning point when everyone was like, not happy about the finish. Um, and then obviously losing to Goldberg was just ridiculous. Um, and then I'm coming back and even he said it was like, like you need to watch the story play out. You need to, like, it's not even, it hasn't even started yet. And then with Uncle Howdy and all that stuff, it's, yeah. That'll be interesting to see if, because, it, it's been confirmed, hasn't it, that Uncle Howdy was bold? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those sort of like not a very well kept secret, and yeah. So, here's a question before we get into like what we're enjoying and what we loved and what we hear, what we remember, and all that. Would you want some sort of wire situation or whatever it may be to continue with both or would you just be like that's done like I think you could do something where you call Bo you know sort of Bo Rotunda or, or Bo Wyatt and he is sort of away from the Uncle Howdy gimmick but yeah. sort of just going for the family name and yeah. sort of representing the either the rotunda or the Wyatt name, and that's mm. why you can bring Braun back into it, and maybe you know Rowan in the future. Mm. And you know, to, you know, to think that I know we're going to get onto it soon, but to think that we've lost Brody and Bray in the space of three years, it's absolutely soul destroying. You know, the, the two two guys who gave so much for the business of you know losing their lives before they've even hit hit their peaks is just, just so sad. 
one of the matches that, and not to sort of spoil anything, of what I was thinking about mentioning, but I've, I've sort of gone a different way because I assume that Callum might have picked the match that I'm going to mention. Um, it was Shield versus the Wyatt family, um, from Elimination Chamber, and you just think that like yeah, that's what ten years ago now ish, and yeah, yeah, two of them aren't with us. Yeah, it's just does doesn't nah, compute. Like, even thinking about like neither of them were old enough to be, like to not be here. Yeah, you just said that like when you were kind of like opened your bit of the uh, the show. It's one of them where it's so strange to think that like an act like an active wrestler, someone you see all the time and see every week, and you tune in, like just not being here is so strange. Yeah, like it's such a a weird like feeling of as I said it's like I feel a bit guilty for being so upset because like just someone I watch on telly it's but, it's really bizarre in that like I, I used to work with someone who was like I don't understand why people can get upset about a celebrity dying or it's you know it's not like you knew them or anything and like we've said on different podcasts that it, it does hit different when a wrestler dies, especially a wrestler that you have watched and you've sort of invested time in and, you know, you might have seen them at a show and you might have done this and you might have done that. And But then, like, I'm, I'm always of the same opinion in that, like, with celebrities and with well-known people, there is always a shock when, like, I'll be sat on the sofa and Amy will go, oh, such a body's died. And I'm like, no, they've not. And, it's, you know, but then, like, two very strange mornings that happened very similarly were when Chadwick Boseman died and when Taylor Hawkins died. Like, mm-hmm. I woke up, couldn't get back to sleep. Amy turned over and sort of said, like, why are you up so early? And I said, if I tell you something now, are you going to remember what I tell you? And she went, yeah. And I said, you know, Chadwick's died. Taylor Hawkins has died. But then it's like, it's it's weird because you just, it's, like, it's almost like your head doesn't wrap around it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I think, Cathartically, SmackDown tonight is going to be the thing where everything hits and everything sort of goes, oh, yeah, it is real. You know, it is this thing. And, like, yeah, they, they shouldn't be expected to, but I would hope that AEW are going to just at least have a graphic or something like that before all in, you know, at the weekend. And, um, like I say, I, I'm hoping that WWE are going to pull something out of the bag tonight so that it's not just a case of this person died, here's a graphic at the start of the show. Um, I have I was... read all creatives on hold. Yeah, yeah, I've read that they just completely that. scrapped everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that I was, I was just going to say was um, totally gone out of my head, so that doesn't matter. No, it was, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> <That'd> it, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. sorry. Go on. No, no, it's all right. Um, that's, what, that's what they're saying. It's like, is that it's going to be a Bray show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And people yeah. are involved and I don't know. But... That was it. I was I was wondering before about, are they, they going to do what they did with Eddie and go the Hall of Fame route? Hmm. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they were going to do that, wouldn't Harper be in there already? 
know what I mean? You, you would you would say yes or no, but then the stubbornness of the fact that Harper wasn't active with them. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah, true. Like, AW already mentions the past. Like, pretty much every company that I've seen has mentioned the past of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. He was like third generation, as you say. He's, he's been in the wrestling business since he was like 20. You know what I mean? Uh, so. He's been about so for other companies and like they don't know who he is and these people within WWE uh, within within AEW and Impact I guess who have had contact with him. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that when he got released, some of Tony Khan or Tony Khan's people reached out to him. There's absolutely no doubt. Like probably the same with Impact to be honest with you. To see where his head was, because why wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? To have that star power. As I say, he's he's kind of one of them creative minds that you you want on your roster because you're not gonna get anything like what he's gonna bring, good or bad, from anybody else. Do you know what I mean? Like I think he's one of them people who he's very much. If he let, if he has free reign, he can kind of his brain goes everywhere. It's the way you wouldn't think. Do you know what I mean? So, and as I say, good or bad, because some of it does work and some of it doesn't. But you don't know how much he's been pulled back or how much he's been let go. Do you know what I mean? So, it's a hard thing to sort of to see. But yeah, there's no denying that the creativity of him. You you couldn't equate it to anybody else like the characters that he's created you couldn't equate to be like oh yeah that's a bit like that because that's mm-hmm. like that or someone else has done this he isn't really another fiend I would say he isn't really another Bray Wyatt like Eater of Worlds and don't get me wrong he's, he's taking bits from different things but to build it up the way he's built it up that's, I've never seen anything like that in my life and Thing when you told me before, it's one of them weird, like, situations where when I think about it, I've been a wrestling fan long, well, we all have been a wrestling fan long enough that I've seen everything that he's done. Like, that's insane to think that I've yeah. seen his whole career. So, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's not, just not nice, but I don't know, mate, I would hope, I would hope Bo is there tonight. I, whenever I think of Bo, and again, I apologise for keep bringing it back to this, but whenever I see Bo, I think of Bo. I see Chavo Guerrero stood next to Vince McMahon at Eddie's, and I just think that's the yeah. the sort of the presence that he should have yeah. on this show, in that yeah. he is the spokesperson for the family, ultimately, and stick him in a match. Yeah, you know, have him the, have him get a win. There's all the other stuff where you kind of like, if you think about his career, like with the people he's been involved with or connected to, like a lot of them aren't going to be there. Which is yeah. like Randy's probably not going to be there. Do you know what I mean? They had yeah. 
big thing. Alexa's not going to be there because of. But then this is the thing. It's like, do you do you just do you get those people in? You know, do they do you get them on a plane? Because yeah, well, uh, you know, say Cena's going to be back next week. Mm. You know, so could they? You know, even you know, stretch out. Even more because we heard the story of them getting Dakota yeah, Kai to SummerSlam in the way that they got Dakota Kai to SummerSlam. So, are they going to get Orton, Bliss, mm. Rowan, Taker? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know, but it's going to be a it's going to be an incessant show. And as I say, it'll be like more, I feel like it'll be more of a like Eddie or like um, like Raw as Owen. Know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of where where they get to sit down and kind of like share the thoughts. But um, yeah, Matt Hardy as well. Matt Hardy is another one who's I would say is quite influential in mm-hmm. the career. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, Braun Strowman, but he's out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, Brian, yeah, Brian. Obviously, yeah. It's just it's mad to think that all these people are being connected to. And, and around for whatever reason, in being his first, yeah, do you know what I mean? First main roster match, you know. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do something where because it's SmackDown, and I don't know if Roman was meant to be there, but Roman being the main guy, whether he will do what Cena did for Eddie. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That kind of like, I don't want to say that wrap up, but he did do his thing and he was like, put his belt down on his t-shirt and all. Oh, that was like a proper class act and what you'd expect. But then, do you want that the same thing? Because then it's like, that's just what you do. It's, it's different. And Reigns obviously being like a mega heel. Like, it's one of them where, yeah. Only Tonight's time. the night where Keith Kayfabe has to go out the window, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be it's got to be a thing where if Roman's there, he's got to be like, it's got to be Joe. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got to come out as Joe. It's got to be Joe talking about window. Yeah. Because you've got to think, what do you, even thinking about it now, like, Reigns took the belt off uh, Bray. And hasn't dropped it since. Yeah. Like like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happened. Like so yeah. yeah, mad. Madness. Um give me a uh, give me a favourite match, Adam. What are you what are you what are you thinking? I was I was on an hour about it because like I say, I was gonna I was gonna do the, the um the six man. The yeah. shield versus Wyatt six man, because it is great. It's great. That's match. so good. Like it's um, just but there, there are two that really stick out into my mind, not matches, but I was I was sort of tying moment and match together yeah. in the, the Elimination Chamber match where Bray won the WWE title. Like, that one. Yeah. Yeah, like that match anyway, probably my favourite Chamber match. Yeah. Um, that sort of, the combination of them introducing this new look Chamber and it being really fresh and really polished but then you're getting guys like Bray in the Cena, AJ, you know, really stacked sort yeah. of chamber match. Um, and then just the visual of Bray finally having the title at the end of it. Yeah. And I, I remember it was my 
Twitter banner for a while, just Bray stood in the ring, yeah. just holding the title. And I was like, yeah, I'm all in for this. You know, it's a shame where it went, but yeah. I, was, I think I was that's the thing that's like in that moment, in that moment when he won the title, I was like, this is, this is mental. Mm. Mental that they've pulled the trigger. It's mental that, like, he, he essentially took it off Cena, really, when you think about it. Mm. Like, I mean, he didn't, but he did. Yeah. Uh, like, he, yeah, just when he won, I was like so happy when he won because I think he deserved it. Like, he'd been about, he'd done his thing, like, he'd, he'd had ups and downs and all that stuff, but even when he won. And to be honest, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst where he went into what happened, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it could have been better, but then I think that's with everything where you're like, yeah, they've kind of they've just got bored with this or they've dropped the ball with this or whatever it is. That's not his fault, that's creative's fault. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I that would be my match because as you say, that is one of my favorite chain matches anyway. I think it felt like a like a massive like throwback. Mm. The people who were in it, it felt like five, six years ago when it, it was it, yeah, it was just such a good match anyway. But then, yeah, Bray winning. Um, yeah, I was, I was ecstatic as always. But we, I think we all know what Callum's chose as his match. <laughs> but what have you chose as your favourite match, Callum? What was your? Uh... I mean, before telling you what my favourite match is, there's a few sort of honourable mentions. One yeah. of them was the Survivor Series 2016 elimination tag match where you sort of had Wyatt and Orton as the two sole survivors. Mm. And I think that whole feud that's obviously led up to their match at WrestleMania 33, but the whole feud with Orton sort of joining the Wyatt family felt so fresh and different. Mm. And, you know, I loved SmackDown in 2016. And a big part of that was seeing Wyatt and Orton as a tag team. So that was, you know, a really cool, really cool match. Um, another one was Wyatt and Brian from Royal Rumble in 2014. Um, I think both men did wonders with both of their careers. And you, you sort of saw Brian get elevated to the main event status through that Wyatt feud. And then Bray went on to have a big marquee match against Cena that year. Um, third honourable mention would be the tag match that Wyatt and, Wyatt and Brian had against the Usos in a steel cage um, early 2014 on an episode of Raw. I think it's more famous for when Brian sort of sits there on the cage. Yeah. But with wrestling, like, you need a great villain. And at that time, Bray was such a good villain. And Brian was such a great face. And they just paired up so brilliantly. But for me, my you know favourite Bray match is that one against The Shield from Elimination Chamber 2014. You know, six guys who just clicked so well. And it's so rare to have two factions who sort of were heels in a way. And like the fans just ate it up completely. You know, they didn't care that they were heels. They just cheered for everything that happened. And it was just like a passing of the torch match because, 
you know, whilst you didn't have anyone there from like an older generation, you just had these six guys who you felt were like the new the new six. And there wasn't like a Cena or an Edge or an Orton or a Triple H or Michaels around them. And you just had just six wrestlers who just absolutely killed it. And it was, it's for me, the one of the best six-man tag matches has ever been. And it, it's going to be difficult now, like as you've referred to earlier on, Ty, it's going to be so difficult watching it with Brody and Bray in it. You know, it was tough watching it back after Brody passed away. And it just it just adds even more now that Bray's no longer with us. Um but it's it's still gonna be a match that I can go back on with with fond memories and just know that you know this is the match I loved when I was sixteen and love even more now that I'm twenty five. And it just Yeah. Yeah, I watched it this morning and it was a tough watch, but it will get better as the years go on somehow. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it, it. I think it's all still a bit raw. So it's like, so like they've already got a, a celebrating Bray Wyatt section on the network, and yeah, I can't even believe you have to see what's what's in it. Mm. Like, I don't. I'm not ready for that yet. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I tweeted out about half an hour ago to say that. Uh, well, I'm just some of you tweeted it, but. Uh, to say basically we're recording this episode. Um, so if you want to add something and like get a mention on the show and stuff like that, um, and a few people have uh, have got involved and said some stuff and uh, done some things. Uh, so uh, give me a second. Let me just read these because my eyes don't work when I'm watching when I'm looking at X. I'll be honest. Um, Jerry Duck at Jerry Duck said Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt were rumbled when he. 14. Really is a gem of a match. The games between the two is unbelievable. Like, I think the, I think Daniel Bryan was like, as you said before, Callum, it's like the perfect person to sort of do his thing with Bray. Like, mm-hmm. it's very much a, um, a, like a yin and yang type situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. These are the years that um and then sorry, we've got a uh, carbon robbie a carbon robbie who's is is sweet like proper heartfelt like uh, i'm a 43 year old who lives in cripple and pain i never met bray mm-hmm. in real life but uh, uh but i made him bits he somehow had moments. He was on TV or via tweets and lift me up out of reality and take me to an imaginary place where anything was possible. The world is slightly darker and less magical place without him. Like, even that, it, it's, like, somebody to be in a situation where they're in pain or the whatever's going on in their life or whatever it is, that's probably why it's so upsetting when something like this happens because it's like your little piece of taking it out of that reality and for however long it is you get to sort of think about something else or not think about what's going on or whatever it is so yeah Bray was definitely one of the people who did that Um, Mike uh, Mike, Mike GC 
8-2-1. The initial debut of the Wire family was like the feud with the Shield and subsequent matches were amazing. The Fielder's debut was special. Five five one house match was really fun. And the 2022 promo was absolutely uh promo absolutely emotional from everything he said and how relatable it was. I think that was the thing where we never got that side of it mm. until he came back. And even he mm. said kind of like never been like this before. Do you know what I mean? Um Alan, the fantastic, who's um I was gonna <laughs> I was just going to say, Alan, who's Mike's other half? He's not. They <laughs> <laughs> do a podcast together. I didn't mean the other half. I didn't mean like... May as well be. I mean, it might be. I don't know. Um, two things stand out. Firefly Funhouse uh, with John Cena. Uh, the incredible... Uh, what an incredible roller coaster of Insegan Entertainment. Uh, and an incredible difficult time in the world. That's another thing. Like, he, yeah. he did these things when... It, it was like, well, we can't do what we want to do, so let's do something different. Let's do something that is the same, but not. Do you know what I mean? Um, one of the best cinematic matches ever produced, only topped by Final Deletion. Final Deletion. Uh, and when Bray Wright returned to Extreme Rules last year, uh, I can't say enough how brilliant that was. That was done. It's sad. We'll never see what could have came from that. There you go. Um, and one more we've got at so I don't have these too many letters at so was we nerf fan I hope that's right uh, favourite Bay matches include the White Family in the Shield Five High Fun House uh, the Fiend Daniel Bryan Royal Rumble uh, the Firefly Inferno against Orton <laughs> in brackets but yes really um, and winning the world title at the chamber. Do you know what's funny, right? Is that everyone shits on um, the cinematic matches, but not Bray Wyatt ones, which is weird because it, it kind of shows his mm-hmm. creativity of what how he was doing things and what what went the, down. Nah. The Funhouse match against Cena was incredible, yeah, because of the sort of limitations that there were because of what was going on in 2020. It wouldn't have worked any other year. You know, you couldn't have had a Firefly Funhouse match at any other WrestleMania before or after it. But for the, the WrestleMania that we got that year, it just was perfect. Um, and was probably, for me, better than the Boneyard match um, from, from that year's Mania as well. But to sort of have Cena come back and just do a match of that, that style shows how much respect he also had for Wyatt. Mm. And, you know, Cena tweeted earlier on today and, you know, to, to sort of read someone who is an icon of the wrestling business, share his his love for for, for Bray just shows you how, how much respect he had for him. And, you know, the funhouse thing of, you know, Vince McMahon, and this is going to be great for you, too, I'm actually going to swear, that the Vince McMahon doll saying such good shit, pal, is one of those memes that is just going to live on forever. Oh, my God. Wow. The world's falling apart. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I, I like cinematic matches anyway, because I think it's quite interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the fire five one hours. And um, John Cena, the beginning of this year, I think, said that 
that was one of his favorite matches. Like the mm-hmm. working with Bray was was one of his favorite things in his whole career, which says a lot. Do you know what I mean? Because they didn't. It wasn't actually a match, if you like. But yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting and it was it was fun and it was crazy. Um, just while I'm talking about other people, um, I want to say so. I've got like a little story, but so this morning when I was a bit like, don't know what I want to do with myself. We took the baby swimming, but I didn't go. I, I didn't go in swimming. I was just like, I'll come with you, but I don't. I'm sad, so. Rachel and a cousin went. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting in the bats, um, just on the tables at the side, and some random person who I've obviously never met, don't know who he is, don't know anything about him. Um, it wasn't even in this area where I live. It was in a dip. It was in like where Rachel's mum lives. Um, just came over to me, put his hand on my shoulder, and was like, "Just seen your t-shirt. Like it's proper devastating, isn't it?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." And he's like, it's just like it's horrible. Like he's not onto you can't even say it. It's just absolutely devastating. And I was like, yeah, like it's when we talked a little bit, and he was like, Yeah, he was amazing that we did. It was that, and it was like literally two minutes. And then he shook me hand and was like, Look after yourself. And I was just like, Yeah, man, you too. And you know when you just sort of have that moment when you're like, he's when someone dies and they kind of touch people in a way where two people who don't don't know each other, don't have anything to do with each other, never met each other, never had a conversation, but because I'm wearing me, um, me era of white t shirt with the the um, octopus on it, I had, yeah, um, I was just standing there like he came up behind me. It's only a weird moment where it's like, you know, when you sort of really need something to kind of stop you from just like falling into like this weird hole. Because I was already, I was on Twitter, just like scrolling through and just seeing all the like messages and that. I was just kind of like, this is like super shit. This is this is mm-hmm. cool. And then he just put his hand on my shoulder, and I was just like, wow, that's mad. So to that person, I don't know who you are. I may never see you again, but. If by some absolute miracle you're listening to this, you were you did a good job there because I was like, I'm sad, me, I'm proper sad. <laughs> like, but yeah, um, have you got a have you got a favorite moment that like stands out? I know my favorite, but as soon as we talked about this, right, I was like, my favorite moment is literally just a gif, like of all of. Is it is it the point? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's dead stupid and it's just ridiculous, but so cool yeah, though. It's just yeah. so cool. Like that's the thing that kind of when you were like, "Hey, should we talk about like favorite moments and things like that?" Um, and I was like, "I've got to mention that it's just like that'll live on forever." That just pointing at um, I can't even remember who did he point at. No, no, no Roman did the spear. Was it one of the yeah. was it League of Nations? Was Sheamus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, he just did this. It was just so cool. Like um but yeah, I think every single promo we ever cut, I could just sit and listen all day, I'll be honest. Like it wouldn't even back in NXT, all the stuff he said, all the all the craziness and madness that was going on. Um but yeah, there you go. 
Um, have you got any any final thoughts that you want to? I'm really intrigued to see what what happens on SmackDown. Um, yeah. yeah, we 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 sort of, you know, this is a Friday afternoon, and we never really do anything on a Friday afternoon. But we felt like because we because of our recording schedule and because of the way that the World Cup's going to come out and all that kind of stuff that. I'm I'm gonna move the next episode of the World Cup just to let this breathe a little bit, mm. and I'll I'll put this out today. Um, I'm gonna let this have the sort of the space that it, it needs and it deserves, and then mm. the show will go on. You know, that's it. It's just just sad. I think that's mm. it. Um, anything to add? Just one final thing. When Bray won the WWE Championship at Elimination Chamber, I was um, watching the pay-per-view with a friend and he was a Bray fan. And he he just was so happy when Bray won. Um, I wanted Styles to win. But, um, you know, my friend was just so pleased that Bray won. And it was one of those moments where I felt pleased for him. Yeah, I felt pleased for him that someone he had been supporting for a few years had won the title. And it's very fortunate that, you know, being a wrestling fan, you have those moments where you can look around a room and, you know, share the, share the joy that someone else is sharing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know what... the the best way to kind of end this. But um I mentioned earlier that like Bray is integrated into my life more so than other wrestlers in like stupid little ways. Um and for the longest time my um my daughter's five now. And she always says that her first favourite wrestler was Nikki Ash. Because she doesn't remember how intrigued and how amazed she was by the fiend. Like that was a that was really her first favourite wrestler. I just don't think she kind of understood that she was watching wrestling at the time. Um so much so that when she was when we were going from potty training to using the toilet, like going from nappies to the toilet, she had this thing where she was scared to poo because it ate too much, right? And we we kind of invented the poo fairy, right? Who we explained, like, this is what you need to do and blah, 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 and like all that stuff and it's sent a notes and all that. But before we got that idea, she was scared to poo and she was like, I don't like sitting on the toilet and it hurts. And what if something bad happens? Or what if these monsters? Or what if these this? Or what if these that? And I had a Fiend t-shirt. Um, one of the ones where they had like his face on it, like the, the mask on it. And there was a good six weeks, maybe longer, probably about two months. No, probably about six weeks, I'd say. When she was scared to poo, and the only way she would go to the toilet and sit on the toilet and have a poo was if she had the Bray Wyatt t-shirt, like the Fiends t-shirt, because 
she used to say that the fiend is my friend and he's scarier than all the other scary things. But because he's my friend, he'll scare away all the other scary things. I know that's dead like a really stupid thing to anybody listening to it because I've just said poo about 14 times. But such a big thing in her life and a big time of like, oh yeah, want me to this and want me to that will always bring me back to Bray Wyatt. And I know that's really stupid. But whenever someone talks about potty training, he always pops into me head. So as long as I'm around people who are having kids, even if I never watch a wrestling match again, I will always remember Bray Wyatt. Such a weird thing. And as I said earlier on, it's one of them situations where every time we see a lantern, we all we always blow on it and say we're here. Like even even Thea does it. Rachel go out on a night out and see one and send me a picture. Like that's the amount of like integration into just stupid things that we we just do without thinking about it. So I I don't know why I wanted to share that story, but I thought it'd just be a nice end to this thing. Um, I will usually, as always, I say, stay safe and look after yourselves. But hug yours and tell yours you you love them because who knows what tomorrow happens and what's going to go on. Um, But yeah, look after yourselves, stay safe. And as always, watch the wrestling that you want to watch. Unless... You want to watch some Bray Wyatt stuff, and then you should definitely watch some Bray Wyatt stuff. And we'll catch you next time. Peace.